Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Time now for Ken and Curtis with Ken Laird and Chris Curtis on WEEI. Happy to be back, Curtis. Back in the friendly confines oh. of five-degree New England. Three weeks straight in Florida. Curtis is back. He's in the studio. He spent the week on Mac Island, which was very bizarre for me to hear, listen to for five straight days. Well, four straight days. Yeah, long week. And uh, how do you feel about that? How do you feel after a week of battling, siding with Greg, battling Wiggy, Courtney, and Shime on the morning show? I have to say, to be untethered by my obsessive relationship with a former quarterback and to evaluate a situation dis- dispassionately with two men, Wiggy and Shime, who are filled with hate <laughs> with Mac Jones has been really enjoyable. Because, You're finally the unbiased one. Right, finally. I mean, I and I wear it on my sleeve. I wore the PJs. I love Tom Brady. Great player. I don't know if you know. But Bobby Trader. The, um, the situation with Mac Jones that has arisen, whether it was you accurately pointing out last year that it was the uh, the, the the video remake and this was Kraft's call to draft Mac, you've been proven very prescient with that. And the the conversation led by Gasper and you on this show, Gasper yesterday in the Globe, about how the move is to trade Mac now, which obviously Wiggy and Shime echoed on the Greg Hill show all week. It's literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But they don't like Jimmy G, though. No, not Jimmy G. Big but difference I, but, in the woods there. But the idea of trading Mac this offseason, right. it, it, it literally makes zero sense. He is at the, is it Nadir, N-A-D-I-R, the, the, the basement of his performance. I thought the Nadir was the peak. Oh, peak. So he's the opposite of the Nadir. Yeah. He's at the, the, he's at the, you don't find rock bottom <laughs> until you stop digging. <laughs> so that was a rock bottom start by me. Way to use the wrong word. But um, antonyms and synonyms always got me. So no, you're right. Nadir's the lowest point. So oh. totally wrong. You're right. Thank you. One for one, Curtis. Well, BC over Northeastern yet again. <laughs> All right. What's the opposite of Nadir? Uh, the peak. Okay. <laughs> anyway, he's at his low point. Why in God's name would you move him now? Tell me the reasons. Play devil's advocate. Simple. Or... One reason. Bill Belichick doesn't believe in him. Okay. And here's the one reason I would give you to help your side. Bill's approach is only successful if his quarterback is first in line, doing what he asks, and is one of the most respected players on the team. I think Mac gets the respect. We saw that this year. Mac gets the respect? The players on the team respect him. I don't know if we know that or not. 
I mean, uh, it, you had a lot of opportunities. Did you see the the Kipling poem he put up? The amount of guy. I know this is like media in twenty twenty three, but this is all we get of Mac is him putting stuff on Instagram and then we react to it. But it didn't it appear like they liked Zappy. They rallied around Zappy when he was in. Yes, but I believe whether it was okay. There are elements. The roster is fractured in ways where you had the Trent Brown liking the Brady return tweet. You had Devin McCourty on CBS uh, NFL Sunday say that he'd return if Brady came. You've had that. All the alumni out against Mac. Correct. Much of the alumni. Right. With the way he performed. Well, well, the way he, not how he performed, the way he reacted to adversity. Yes. But the situation with Bill and Mac being that with Tom for 20 years, minus a year or two, he was a guy that, whether it was begrudging respect or respect, that he was the one that was got the crap from Bill, took it, took less money, did the Patriot way, and was the Patriot way. If those two can't come to the same side, I get it. You you probably need to figure it out. But even that, Bill Belichick has to know that this is a guy on a very team-friendly contract this season you brought in Bill O'Brien, who had previously worked with Mac, albeit in a non-coach role, but in a tutorial role regarding the offense at Alabama. And you see what you have. Because if you trade Mac today, you know what you are? You're the Bills from 2000 to 2019. You're the Dolphins the last 20 years. You're the Jets the last 20 years. You're changing. You're just a constant carousel of different bags of suck. You have to at least see what you have maximize whatever the potential is, and then do what I thought I think the Dolphins were going to do with Tua, which is build him up with this great talent around him, and then, if not for concussions, trade him and get someone else. Well, two counterpoints to that. One, first of all, I agree, you don't want to be on the carousel. That is uh, an accurate point. However, you could have a scenario where Max sucks again or is middling again, and you find out who he is, and his value decreases even further. I mean, at least now you'll get a second rounder for him. Okay, but you know my favorite, cost-benefit. Uh-huh. So w- where he is right now versus a little worse, yep. are you talking a third to a sixth-round pick? I mean, I, I think you're talking starter to backup. I think teams oh. teams will have their eyes open that, oh, it wasn't Patricia. You got him, Bill O'Brien, and he still couldn't hack it, and he's a problem character guy, and we don't want him as a starter. So, therefore, yeah, you're dropping to like a fourth or fifth round pick. Okay, so I'm willing to take that risk. I don't think there's that much of a difference. That's a big drop. That's a star player to a backup player. That's right. a special teamer. I, I think Bill Belichick has been relatively similar in the second, third, fourth, and fifth. I don't think there's a huge difference in that role. And the upside is you have a first-round pick or you have your starter for the future with another year of team-friendly money in year four uh, in the final year of his rookie contract. So... This team has so many needs, and that's why I was so exasperated with the shime and, and the wiggy talk of trading for Lamar Jackson. Well, uh, yeah. You're not going to give up all of these assets to get a guy that's making at least 10 times more money than Mac Jones. Same with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers has two years left on his deal at huge money. Right. So, I mean, I love to discuss it. It's interesting, but it's not happening. Bill's not spending that on a quarterback. Now, here's where the issue really exists. It's not so much in trade or not trade Mac. It is, where are we with Robert and Bill? Because that is the most important element of the entire offseason. Well, right. And if you're Bill, let's say Bill and Robert agree that they're going to coexist together in whatever form, whether they love each other or just get along until Bill wants to retire or he catches Shula. I know you think that's kind of a phony record or a milestone, whatever. No, I just don't think Patriots fans give a damn. Why would you go into that last three or four year run, if that's what it is, and go with a wild card 
a Mac Jones, let's find out what he is. You just got the coordinator that you think is going to be here for the next three or four years. Why wouldn't you go for surety, it, for, for something stable? And I hate to say Jimmy Garoppolo is stable because everybody says he's not, but Bill believes in him. That's one guy we know Bill believes in, but and you, he is a winner, and he does command a sideline. And Brock Purdy's a winner. Everybody with that offense is a regular season winner. Tell me a loser with Kyle Shanahan. Well, they haven't won anything. What have they won? Well, what has Jimmy won? I mean, he's 40-17 and 17 and made it to a Super Bowl. Right. Brock Purdy's, what, 8-2? and two? And then is out next year, so he's not available. But, but, but Oh, you know what's another interesting thing about Kyle Jimmy's Shanahan's offense? All the quarterbacks get hurt. So, <laughs> well, good. True. Bring him in here and protect him. The, the situ- and the other thing is that you just cited Patriots alumni being upset with Mac Jones. Uh, yep. You want to get the audio of Martellus Bennett calling Jimmy G a bitch with, yeah, with Julian Edelman? That's the old days. You know, Edelman and Bennett. They were on the Brady standard. Brady's gone. You just it's a new standard them for how they felt. Yeah, about but this Mac. was Will Fork. This was these these were alumni that were coming out out of nowhere. It was like it was strange guys we hadn't heard from for a while. Okay. But from the team broadcast through the alumni, they thought Jimmy G was ready to play, and he screwed them during yes, that period in correct. 2016. Right. But he's grown. He's been with a team for multiple years. And have you heard any stories from San Francisco about we hate Jimmy, Jimmy's a uh, tyrant, or he, he can't lead us? Or... I don't think they hate Jimmy. I just think that he's not available. And yeah, that... if you want to talk about the most important thing of Brady's career, it was the fact that if not for a little deflation or a torn ACL, he played every game. Right, but then you've got Zappy. You have the Trevor Story backup plan. So then why did they why did they bring in Bill O'Brien now? Well, God, because of Patricia. I mean, forget about even who's playing quarterback. But it, don't you think that it was in, if I if you believe like I do that Kraft sort of took hold of the reins with the Gerard Mayo uh, you know, press release yep. and the hiring of O'Brien, Kraft brought O'Brien in to be the one that gets Mac to where he was. So that's what I believe that all systems are moving forward in that in that direction yeah. right now. Well, you seem to be right. I mean, that Tommy Curran uh, report about over Kraft's dead body was one of the themes of the week. If if you're right and Kraft and Bill are aligned and they believe in Mac, I'm fine with it. I used to be the Mac guy. I kind of still am. I wouldn't mind seeing another year with him. Oh, if, no, they're if, not aligned. If I... they trust him. That's the big if. And we have heard nothing from Bill. No. The last thing we heard from Bill was what? He's a quarterback in the league? Yeah. I mean, it, we have not. Braverman, see if you can find that cut. That cut from Bill at the end of the year. It was just. I I put it in GHS Daily. There's, I think it's Mac and Kraft. Mac and Bill. Bill and Kraft on Mac. I mean, everybody's heard it, but it's just. That is the last memory of Bill and what he thought of Mac Jones as the year ended. Right. And the situation is, is that this is. Everything is now what it was without. Remove the last 20 years. Kraft and Parcells. Yeah, debating over the quarterback, debating over Terry Glenn as a first round pick. Now you have Kraft and Belichick debating about the quarterback. Debating I, maybe about, they're not. Maybe they maybe Bill secretly likes Mac. Maybe it's a no brainer. Mac has the ability to, you know, to play quarterback in this league. Oh, We're blessed uh, to have a great young quarterback and Mac Jones. Okay, you oh, couldn't nice have job. more stark differences than that. 10 seconds play, play it again. Mac has the ability to play Mac quarterback. Mac has the ability to, you know, to play quarterback in this league. And there was a you know in there. He was like searching for that answer. Right. Mac has the you know ability to play quarterback in this league. What has Bill Belichick said the last couple years? He doesn't want to coach a-holes. He doesn't want to coach guys that he doesn't enjoy coaching. Mm-hmm. So now he has this guy at the most important position, according to reports that I believe now, going around bitching about the situation he was in, which is the cardinal sin for Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. 
So you bring in Bill O'Brien. You hope that stops. And Bill O'Brien clearly is a guy that will command respect and will not tolerate that stuff. But outside of the Kipling poem and the FEA uh, post from Mac Jones <laughs> with his trainer video, which I believe is F them all, we don't know much about these two this offseason. Now we We're t- blessed uh, to have a great young quarterback in Mac Jones. Yep. Mm-hmm. Great, great quarterback, yeah. So I think push comes to shove, you're probably right. Bill is probably going to look at the $4 million price tag or whatever he costs, the great value of Mac, the chance that Bill O'Brien comes in and revives him and makes him a better QB, and they and he probably looks at Kraft and says, Kraft wants him, all right, we're going to do it one more year. Uh, that's probably what's going to happen. But I do think the Garoppolo thing, the one that got away for Bill, has got to be in the back of his head. That's the other reason that Bill might trade Mac this year because he's got a guy that's available now. He's a free agent. He's going to, I don't, What's he going to cost? That's, that's a question... There's a story up that Derek Carr wants $35 million per season per Diana Rossini. Well, that's what Daniel Jones, according to... He wants $45 million. Right. I mean, but th- this is the thing, is that... We so is all Jimmy have... G a 20? Is he a 30? I-, I mean... Back in the day, a $200 million contract for Manny Ramirez sounded absurd. Yeah. We have inflation. I don't know if you know about that. And we have a, uh, a pretty big uh, revenue stream that has exploded in the NFL, where... At the bare minimum, every NFL franchise is receiving an additional $321 million this season. The cap went up, I think, 12%. The money is there. We need to stop thinking of things the way we used to about, you know, oh, my God, $30 million. Well, $30 million now is probably like $20 million. Well, it's not there for the Rams. They just cut their linebacker, Bobby Wagner, and they're ready to trade Jalen Ramsey, which might be another Patriots option, by the way. Right, because they're not good. Their team is not as well, good as it was. why are they not good? Because Matthew Stafford is hurt. And they've had they've gotten fat and happy, which is what happens. So they went all out. They won one year, and now two years later, they suck, and they're selling off their parts. Right. If if they were healthier, they wouldn't be doing this. Okay. We, I really, I swear, I love you. It, I, we're not doing the cap. <laughs> it is the dumbest conversation. So I, you brought up money. Did you watch just, the video I tweeted out this week from Andrew Brandt? We're in cap casualty uh, it's, it's time cap, in the NFL. It's cash over cap. If you spend cash... So the Rams owner must be cheap. He must be destitute. No. Well, have you seen the economy? Not the greatest in the world oh, right now. A bad economy. Well, it's a choice you make. You can choose to go... Oh, you so can guarantee in a money. bad economy, is the, is the salary cap real? No, they're all making much more oh, money. Still, still phantom. Ken, do you know what cash over cap means? I don't know. So you didn't see the Andrew Brandt video I tweeted out? Mm, no. Okay, so you can lower a cap cost mm-hmm. by spending more guaranteed cash. Of course. Kick so, the money down the road. No, it's not kicking the money down the road. It's paying the money up front. Yeah, but on your salary cap. No, you have to. All the money has to go into escrow when you guarantee money for the duration of the contract, and the owners don't want to get rid of liquid cash. That's what the difference is. Okay. So, what's your overall point? That if you want to spend the money, you can. That the Patriots, 27th in the last three years in total cash spending, was not broken by Darren Ravel, but by Bill Belichick. So, they have unlimited money to spend. No, John Henry has never been outside the top six in payroll. <laughs> As an owner of the Boston Red Sox, the fact that the Patriots, while charging the second most or most for a family of four to go to a game, being 27th in total cash spending over the last three years, is absolutely pathetic. Well, they spent a lot a couple years ago, and I believe they're going to spend this offseason. So do you think the Red Sox will ever be 27th in spending? That's over a three-year window, and you cherry-pick those numbers. Three-year window? I didn't cherry-pick them. The coach of the team did. Let's say they spend this year. Are you going to cite that 
two of the last three years, they spent big money in free agency, and no. their cash spending is among the top five in the NFL. If they spend at the top of the if league this spend, year, I'll yes. say that's great. They okay. should have been doing this all along. Great. We're so one I, of the lowest spending teams in the league. <laughs> right. We're right. one of the lowest spending teams in the league. Right. Was and that he's, was, he's saying they're going? Was that Adam Jones who said that? Can you play that again? We're one of the lowest spending teams in the league. Oh, what was that, Wiggy? Who said that? We're one of the lowest spending teams in the league. Oh, it's the right. general manager. Okay. That's this year. and that, that no, is, He's actually said, the head coach, Curtis. Well, he's in charge of all football. I know. That's just what the haters are Bill saying. Bill is telling oh. you they're ready to spend. We didn't spend that much last year. We were a low spending team. We're no, he's ready complaining to... publicly about how much money he I had disagree. to spend. Disagree. All right. Now, we've rambled on here for a while. What's the general uh, thesis of the opening segment? Well, you and, and I bitching about quarterbacks and salary cap. Well, once again, you're trying to... Cherry pick nonsense. The situation here, I'm going to explain next why the Celtics and Bruins are where they are and why the Patriots are in a morass of nonsense because it's about one word and the Patriots and the Red Sox don't have it. Well, morass is a good word. You can just stick there. Well, it's Ted Sarandis' morass of negativity. We also have at 1 o'clock today, Red Sox baseball here on the FM 93.7 in Boston and, of course, across the Shaw's and Star Market Red Sox Network and on the Odyssey app. But Joe Braverman has those details as we got our first official game yesterday, the exhibition with Northeastern. Will and Joe are getting ready to to go at 1 o'clock today, and Joe, be ready to go now. The Rich Keith Show, weeknights starting at 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. The Red Sox kicked off their spring training schedule with a 5-3 win over Northeastern. Yesterday, the Sox will kick off their official schedule today against the Atlanta Braves at 1.05. The lineup was released this morning. Greg Allen leads off in left. Christian Arroyo at second. Rymel Tapia at center. Rob Refsnyder in right. Bobby Dahlbeck at first. Narciso Crook is the DH. Caleb Hamilton is the catcher. Matthew Lugo at third base and David Hamilton the shortstop. Matt Dermody will get the start. Joe Castiglione and Will Fleming have the call, the first broadcast of the year on WEEI following this show. Celtics and Bruins are both on the road tonight. The Bruins will continue their four-game road trip in Vancouver against the Canucks tonight at 7. New acquisitions, Dmitry Orloff and Garnett Hathaway, are expected to make their team debut after being acquired on Thursday. The Bees are currently on a five-game winning streak and are 5-1 and one since returning from the All-Star break. For the Celtics, it's a Saturday night primetime matchup in Philadelphia against the 76ers. Tip-off is set for 8.30. Only name missing from both sides is Sixers backup center Dwayne Dedman. Sixers come into tonight winners of five straight. The Revolution kick off their 2023 MLS season tonight at FC Charlotte. Game is set for 7.30. And according to Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, it is, quote, very likely that the LA Rams will trade all-pro cornerback Jalen Ramsey in the coming weeks. Ramsey is currently making $20 million a year on a contract extension that will expire in 2025. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEI and WEI.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. on your radio and your Odyssey app. Celtics tonight. Bruins tonight. Two of the greatest teams in sports history. <laughs> Actually, in your own backyard. Celtics are 43-17, and 17, Curtis. Although, the Bucks have won 13 in a row now. Yeah, they just blew out Washington. Giannis did leave with a right knee injury. But Celtics still in first place, and uh, Denver's pretty good in the West, so there's a three-team, I guess, uh, push there for the best overall record. The Bruins, as we know, are going to cruise to the President's Trophy. It certainly appears that way and are on pace for 133 points, which would break the Montreal record from 1977 for points by a team. And Montreal's record should not count because they had a massive advantage during those years. Yeah, too many Quebec guys. Yep. Okay, now, uh, you had teased going into the break. Why are the Bruins and Celtics this successful, and why do the Patriots and Red Sox stink currently? Accountability. The Bruins had a coach that was wildly successful, that had the support definitely of the Bruins' uh, beat writers, and was viewed as one of the better coaches in the uh, National Hockey League. And Cassidy was let go after another season where the people that run the Bruins, whether it's Jacobs, Cam, or Don Sweeney, viewed the team as underperforming. And they listened to Patrice Bergeron, who said that it's not working with him. I don't want to keep playing. I'm guessing. I don't know if this that is what he said. That still hasn't been reported. It's strange, isn't it? You would think- who would report it? Honestly, Dale, dupes, like <laughs> the people that cover the team. Scott McLaughlin? Are inces- it's incestual, the relationship. There's some good reporters in there. There's, okay, there's so you think guys. that who in well, Boston? a national guy. Somebody would talk to Cassidy and get the scoop. But what does Cassidy gain from throwing Patrice under the bus? Cassidy looks better. Tries to get the Bruins off their game. No, because Cassidy... Bergeron may be the most respected player in the National Hockey League. Yeah, but he doesn't say it's from him. Okay, he put I'm, it out there as anonymous. Anonymous. I'm praising Bergeron, word. and I'm praising the Bruins. Don't okay, interrupt. Sorry, good. It is my view that Cassidy... I'm sorry. That Cassidy had lost the room, and that's why the, the Bruins players said they underperformed. It was a scapegoat, and Bergeron told management that DeBrusque can be better, that we need a new voice, that if we get a new voice, Krejci's back, and I'll come back. So, But really, you don't have to say anymore. Those two things alone, it was a brilliant move. Exactly. You got DeBrusque. He's already at 20 goals, scores the game winner the other night, and God, Krejci being back has been a revelation. Exactly. So I'm crediting the Bruins management for listening to its best player mm-hmm. and deciding to make a change with a popular coach and try a new thing because they were not reaching their potential as an organization. And they reversed course on the Mitchell Miller signing. If you want to give them any credit for that, they did have some accountability there. They sort of uh, listened to the, the way the wind was blowing, but whatever. I, I will, I'm going to go past that because that was a brutal decision, but thankfully 
having Bergeron here be the guy that faced the media in Toronto on that Saturday night was key. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, so they have listened to their players. They have been accountable, at least based on the wishes of their stars. Right. They listened to their players, who then returned, and then were key to help the team get out of a situation that was a self-inflicted wound. So you look at the Celtics. You have an organization where you had a crazily successful season, but you had a coach that did not handle things properly. You make a change. You listen to the players. You bring in a guy that was friendly to to Tatum and Brown and Joe Missoula, a guy that does not, to me, look like or sound like a refined you know NBA head coach, but he has been wildly successful with this team. You reward him for his performance in the first half. You reward reward your players by listening to them and look at where the Celtics are. And even prior to that, you get Stevens out of the job, who had been a very successful head coach in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I believe he was coach of the year at least once. It felt like at the time they were stashing him. They were looking for a Matt Patricia place to put him. Right. Instead, he has been unbelievable in that role. He he may be. I mean, I don't know. It's difficult to do more than Danny did in drafting Jalen and Jason third overall in two drafts. But he did the, whiff on Jakob Pertl, which I'm but, still concerned about. But, but, but there was there was a hole in Danny Ainge's management of the roster, which was a hole. It was like he was asleep. He, no, it was a hole that he was hoarding draft picks. Yeah, he was gun shy. Trader Danny turned into a pacifist, and now you have <laughs> Brad Stevens, the Horford deal, brilliant, uh, under the radar, a guy that is incredibly respected within the walls of the locker room, a guy that the other guys respect, and you've gotten this situation where everybody's all in. You have the coach that the players wanted, the team's in first place in the East, and they're headed towards another deep playoff run. Now you have the Red Sox, who have no accountability whatsoever, who hear from the fans and then recreate what the fans did in this obtuse indignation from John Henry saying that, oh, you're not giving a fair characterization of what the fans said. You remove the booze from the Ness and Rear, which nobody was going to watch anyway, which was such a stupid... I don't know. People were going to watch. Ken, we have after, the, after the newsworthy nature of that night, people were going to tune in to see what happened. This is a time where the people that run legacy media have no idea how this works. The inability to just air what happened exacerbated the problem. The boos were already out there. We were talking about it Saturday all morning, Sunday, Monday. I believe it was aired Tuesday night. So you had four days of conversation prior to your decision at 8 o'clock to not air the full broadcast. Mm-hmm. It made it a bigger story because it showed a glaring lack of accountability. And then you have the Patriots where Bill Belichick is blaming the quarterback. Robert Kraft is blaming Bill Belichick for the staff he surrounded the quarterback with. And the quarterback is just sort of FEA, F them all. And that is why you have the Bruins and Celtics where they are and the Patriots and the Red Sox are floundering. Helps to get some high picks like Jason Tatum. And Jalen Brown, it helps to get some infusion of talent. But, but I bet you if you look at their winning percentage, it's similar or better over the last five years. It's not like they sucked for for many years. It's overall a great point, and I would like to hear just generally from fans, why do you think the Patriots and Red Sox are struggling, the Bruins and Celtics are thriving? What are the couple of maybe one or two of the biggest reasons why? 617-779-7937, text at 37937. Now, Bradfoe yesterday, my guy, boots on the ground Bradfoe, went to Padres camp and talked to Bogarts. Where's Padres camp? Uh, Cactus League. Oh, wow. Not sure where, but he's out in Arizona. I think he talked to Mookie uh, yesterday, too. But this was interesting. Now, I know some people, and I kind of am this way as well, like 
season starts today at 1 o'clock. You kind of want to just get over this. Let's move past Bogarts. Right. Come on. Beat it into the ground. Let's play two. But for one final time, it is worth listening back. And Bogarts admits in this piece that if they had just offered him what they offered him at the end before the year began, he may have agreed to the contract. Unbelievable. Here's the exchange with uh, with Bogarts and Bradford. Was there that one last call with the Red Sox? Or, I mean, was it? Or, no. Not really. No. In the end, like, I mean, they were in it. They were in it. They were in it still, obviously. But would you, they come to the offer that they had, let's say, at the end? In March or April, do you take it? Maybe. Ooh, yeah. You would be tempted. Oh, big time. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been harder. There would have been a lot of talking, for sure. Yeah, that that, that would have got engaged. <laughs> not not engaged, like... No, I, no, no, like, that would have been, like, we would have been on the trolley. Would have been, like, okay, we're, if, we're close. We're close. Yeah. So, Bogarts ends up with the 11-year, $280 million deal. But whatever the Red Sox offered him toward the end, he said they came up a little bit and basically admitted the first offer was embarrassing, was so low, you know. But if they had just offered him that at the beginning... They never wanted him. But Why? they could have got him. Right. So at the end, they wanted him. No, they didn't. I think they did. It's a sa- Everything about this organization is about saving face. But I think they wanted to save face and sign him. What did Bill Parcells once say? If someone shows you who they are, believe them. That might have been Maya Angelou. I'm not sure. <laughs> but nonetheless, this team had Xander. They had the opportunity exclusively for years to negotiate a long-term deal. Heim or whomever didn't want him. And it's just... Which there are baseball reasons to not want him. I mean, I think they they should have just stuck with that. I mean, as tough as that would have been, you believe in Marcelo Mayer, you believe in Trevor Story as a, as a bridge option, and you don't think Bogarts is worth an 11-year, $280 million deal. The second they had that introductory press conference after the lockout on the field of JetBlue Park with Trevor Story, mm-hmm. Xander was gone. But it was funny because Bradfoe asked him about that, and Bogarts was like, I guess I'm naive. I never thought that was a sign until everybody started talking about it. And then I was like, oh, maybe they're right. Maybe Trevor Story is my replacement. Well, you're Xander Bogarts. You've won two championships. You're the leader of the clubhouse. You're a guy that is as well-respected in that organization as anybody has been in the Henry stewardship of the franchise. And you sit back year after year of performing, getting great production, doing everything right, and then not only do they not extend you, they sign your replacement two weeks before opening day after an abbreviated camp. Yeah. It just set the foundation for a very weird year. Bogarts didn't have his best year. It wasn't horrible, but obviously that had to be weighing on him. It was it was one of the themes of the entire year. I'm not saying if they had done things differently, there would have been a winning team last year. They obviously had great flaws. But it just... It, the way they handled business there, I don't know if it's accountability. It was just it was just of mangled course it's process. accountability because accountability says we like Xander at this number. We weren't willing to. I think Sam was accountable with you and I in Springfield. But we mocked Judge or uh, Cashman when he when he threw out the numbers the Judge was asking for and like mocked him. He ends up going on to a seventy home run season, right? And then they signed him for the big money, right? But they were accountable and they ended up at the number that is, that Aaron Judge wanted. The Red Sox, if you followed the timeline, right? Whatever day it was in San Diego during the winter meetings, Pete Abraham tweeted out, Red Sox and Bogarts. Remember, I sent a, a, a imaging to you and Mike Thomas about, uh-huh. oh, when we break the news, because I thought no way will the Red Sox be re-engaged and not end up with him. 
And that was all done as a means to attempt to satiate the fan base and say, look at us, we're doing what we need to do. When in reality, they were never accountable to their decision, which was, we don't think he's worth it for five to ten, for eight to ten years. And as I told Sam Kennedy to his face, if they just say we're keeping one of the two and yep. Devers will be better for longer is a far better long-term investment, yep. the fan base wouldn't have been as enraged. It's totally true. And so they're admitting that. At least they're trying to be accountable now for it. You know, they're saying we screwed up. We shouldn't have said he was our number one priority. We, we should so, but, but the, this is the, another. But do they self, really mean it, right? It's another self-inflicted wound, and it's just with the one thing that we will always say. No matter the, the Bruins are the greatest example of this. Ken, think back to the shows we were doing in what was it October, November, when the Mitch Miller fiasco blew up. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't know how you trust Don Sweeney and Cam Neely to run this operation if they're this just totally blindsided by such an obvious controversy mm-hmm. and so unable to read the tea leaves of what the reaction in this market would be when you bring a guy in that's so openly despicable. And look what's happened. They've won. They've been amazing. And, and that's Don made Sweeney, everything go away. How many people right. have we heard from saying Sweenius? I mean, that's Shime's nickname for him. I mean, now we've totally forgotten about it. Because Sweenius reminds me of the man genius, and it's got a bad connotation. Oh, okay. I, I don't like it. Well, I just don't like the nickname. Perfect. Noted. You, should I censor Shime and just yeah, say, you stop calling him that? Bruh, stop. Another stroke of Sweenius. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't roll, roll off the tongue. But not the worst thing I've ever heard. However, the, the Bruins are your blueprint of no matter what you say, if you win, I don't care. So, But, but that's but, why the Patriots <clears throat> and the Red Sox are screaming at the wind about... We have a great young quarterback. We are going to be great this year. People are doubting us. You know, Kyle Bloom, it's going to be awesome. Stop trying to shape public opinion. Use that energy and get a better team on the field. That's the only answer. Yeah, I mean, Bloom, I'm just starting to feel bad for. He is he is going to be a scapegoat if they don't win. He is just grasping at anything for credibility and to make people like him, and it's just a tough. It's tough to watch. And it's never been you've never been more wrong after our debate last week regarding who the fall guy will be when you saw the Stan Grossfeld fifteen page expose. Oh, that has no impact on it. You still think after this week you still think Cora's going to be the scapegoat? Heim Bloom was given the keys to Stan Grossfeld to get everybody to feel Ooh, sorry for. John him. Henry won't even talk to the Globe. What does that matter? <laughs> so you think it's happenstance? Yes. Totally random. Well, it just doesn't matter. It's insignificant. Oh, my God. I can't believe you're that dense. <laughs> so you think they're trying to, this is all part of a master plan. Do you think Heimblum has received up. death threats? Yeah, I, I believe it. Like legitimate death threats? Because people say I, mean, I should I die. I mean, I don't think it's a death threat okay. if somebody threatens well, we, well, my life. Well, we can life. parse that whether it's actually meaningful or not. Okay, I'm, I'm saying that he also notes in the first page, like fourth graph of the, of the story, Stan Grossfeld does in the Globe, that Heimblum has been told in person by radio personalities that they don't mean the stuff they say on the radio about him. Who the hell would say that? Man, that's strange. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean Cora's going to be the fall guy. Well, he there's no me, there's us. There's all this stuff about his relationship with Cora where Heimblum's taking the high road. It is a platform that I do not think will be provided to Alex Cora. Hmm. Where are the odds both of them go out? Uh, There's a chance Cora leaves of his own volition, right? Or wants out, or demands out, or I, I could see that. But where possibly. would he go? Do you think he'd be hired again? Mets, Mets, mm-hmm. Buck Showalter, desperate to win. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. All in for the Mets. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Do you agree with Curtis that accountability has been the key for the Bruins and Celtics? 
and a lack thereof has been the key for where the Patriots and the Red Sox are right now. And I'd be interested to hear anybody that has a good reason, because Ken's is, yeah, why the Patriots should trade Mac Jones this offseason. What do you mean mine is Mia? Bill doesn't like him is not a reason to trade okay, him? Okay, fine. If you could top Ken's idea, sorry. See if Didn't you can top be, that. Don't want to be disrespectful. Uh, so we'll take your calls on that. Obviously, the free agency looming in the NFL is going to be a story here uh, pretty shortly. We have baseball opening up. Pitch clock today for the Red Sox. They didn't really get the pitch clock in action yesterday. It was the Northeastern game. There was kind of an agreement that they weren't going to abide by it, but it's had a little impact on day one across baseball. And I would suggest to Nick Pavetta and the players that don't like the pitch clock to go check out the reaction on day one. This has been a great start for Major League Baseball. Social media has been a great avenue or portal to get the new baseball into people's eyes. I saw a couple videos that had like millions of views of just random grapefruit, grapefruit league games where you see this the pace. It's like It looks like it's in fast forward. It is awesome. So we'll get to that at some point as well. Machado was the uh, historic first pitch clock violation yesterday. Curtis on Mac Island, always salary cap talk, and the Bruins make a big trade this week, which Curtis wants to break down in mass thoroughly next. Kevin Garnett Hathaway. Okay. Curtis, the public is weighing in on the reasons to trade Mac Jones. So I'm going to get to those calls here in just a second. One bit of breaking news. Red Sox in action today on uh, WEI and the FM uh, here in Boston. But Justin Turner and Adam Duvall will make their debuts tomorrow. Okay. They're going to also play Monday, Sunday, and Monday. Today's lineup, i got to say, is a little thin. We've got three non-roster invitees in there and um, Greg Allen on a minor league contract to lead off the uh, order today. So it's going to be a little thin today. Focus on the pitch clock today. Big contrast to the Braves lineup. They've got Acuna, Olsen, Riley, Rosario, and Albies. They got the home game. So the Red Sox on at Northport well, today. If the Sox can pull off the upset today, it bodes well. Right. That's what that's what I'm saying. Yeah. See if you can win with this uh, this lineup. And then tomorrow you get the heavy hitters out there. Justin Turner will be a one of the most popular Boston athletes at the conclusion of this season. Ooh, there's a hot take. Yeah. He they, better be. People will love him. <laughs> Dale might have to get over the fact that he had COVID and he sat next to Dave Roberts after they won the World Series. I only wanted him in jail, but nonetheless. Before the Matt calls, one uh, response on text line to your accountability, the reason that the Patriots and Red Sox are where they are. 978 texter, this is Bob. He says, um, simple reason the Sox and Pats are struggling. All teams in every sport are cyclical and go through ups and downs. It's that simple. Both teams are due for a downward trend. Oh, okay. But what if you choose to go downward by getting rid of the best player you'll ever, you'll ever have? Should you have them the same thoughts? They sold out. They needed to rebuild. Oh, okay. We're on the bridge, build back better plan. Oh, that worked well. From uh, Bill Belichick. A lot of bees in there. It's got a Phil in New Hampshire on Mac. Hi, Phil. Hey, good morning. Morning. Um, there are reasons to trade Mac Jones. I just wouldn't say right away. But um, got to get his value back up a little. But the worst place to be in football is to have, like, you know, Dak Prescott or – Kurt Cousins, that that guy who's good enough to be above average but ain't going to get you anywhere as far as winning the big things go. Um, like, if you look at Dallas, like, you've got to weigh the value. So, like, Cooper Rush, surrounded by another $30 million worth of talent, Dallas is a he- heck of a lot better than with Dak getting paid $40 million. And that's where you look at Mac Jones. Next year, he's, he's going to have to be opted in for the $25 million. Hypothetically, if you can get, like, say – um, Davis Mills, four years, six, uh, six million a year, right? Now you're looking at 
twenty million on the first year extra talent, and you got to weigh the options and say, hey, you know, are we better with Davis Mills playing this position, and then having all of that extra talent, kind of like the Forty Niners um recipe, which is surround the talent around the quarterback who's on a on a a decent contract and that's where I think Mac Jones might have value in trade it's just a matter of measuring is he going to be good enough to get us to the top of the mountain because purgatory is horrible I guess that's true but would you rather be a Jets fan who has no quarterback or would you rather be a Vikings or Cowboys fan who has the middling quarterback and at least makes the playoffs but also the the thought Patrick Mahomes made 44 million dollars this year and he won the Super Bowl so, and they're pretty talented on defense, very good defense. And Daniel Jones wants that money. It is incredible. But so, but the like the Patriots have only been successful in the last 15 years, okay? Cuz the early 2000s, it was a different world. The last 15 years they've only been successful when they had by far and away the best quarterback of all time. So now you want to rebuild the roster by saying, "Let's trade Mac and we'll get these it's like you need to do both. You need to have a competent quarterback, and you need to surround them with talent. Look at what Brady was in 2019. Are the Eagles the blueprint? Maybe, but look at what Brady in 2019. They were 12-5, and four, twelve and five, including the playoffs. He had, you know, a, for him, a mediocre season. The next year, he gets talent around him on offense, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for two years. So you have to do both. You look and see. If you have Mahomes, you can be a little bit more picky because he is that just transcendent. But, He's got a high war. Wins above replacement. Yeah, I would say. What's the football war number for Mahomes? Uh, it's Corsi. Eight? Oh, <laughs> it's Corsi. <laughs> uh, but the, the situation here is that there are so many holes on this team that if you start removing the quarterback and then using assets to get another quarterback, you're killing yourself yeah, twice. Yeah, but you're getting assets in the trade, though. Okay, if you trade Mac Jones today, what do you get? Second and a fourth. That is nonsense. Yes, that's what... Uh, uh, that's what the uh, Rams quarterback got. What's his name? D- Jared Darnold. Goff? Oh. Didn't Darnold get a second and a fourth? Sam Darnold. I don't know. Maybe the Jets. They, they, the Panthers gave up a second and a fourth? I think so. Anyway. I think they did for Baker. Baker Mayfield. Baker, Baker, not Darnold. Sorry. Baker. Anyway, okay. Uh, a second and a fourth. Okay, I'll play along. So You'll get that. If Baker Mayfield got that, you're going to get that. Okay, Baker Mayfield won a playoff game. Huh. The Browns were 0-16 before he got Max there. Max a uh, pro bowler. Let's go so to Tyler Huntley. Let's go to Scott in the car. Hi, Scott. Hey, guys. Look, just, look, just think about this intellectually here. No way you trade Mac Jones. You bring in Billy O'Brien from Alabama, okay? That's the reason why he's here, so he can work with the kid and actually give him a – say last, last year was a red shirt year. That's pretty much a given. But if you strip away all of this, okay, Josh left at the end of the coaching period – at the end of the year and took a whole bunch of people with him that Bill basically played roulette and he didn't have enough backup there. Then you lose Skarnacki. Then you lose Ivan Fears. Your your cupboard's bare. There's no way, okay, that the Patriots were going to be good last year without any an influx of talent. Plus, you don't have a good offensive line coach. You don't have enough talent in the offensive line. And you really can't judge Mac by last year because of the pieces around him were not good enough. Wait, Scott, so I just I'll let you finish, Scott, for one second. But so there's an option in there where you could hire a competent offensive mind and not two people that have never coached it before. Oh, no, granted, granted, but look at the talent that they had across the line last year. Yeah, it, it was it, awful. The whole situation was, not... was awful. Well, Scott, let me ask you yeah. this. My only hesitation to your plan to keep Mac is just I'm not sure Bill believes in him. Do you, do you are you convinced Belichick likes him? And that's I guess you do if you believe that's the reason they hired Bill O'Brien. 
Well, it, that's the reason why Billy O'Brien came here, I mean, to work with the kid. There's the potential that's there. And just like you guys were making the point before, you don't need – look, we were spoiled by Brady. I mean, that's a point blank. We were spoiled by Brady. We're never going to get another Brady. I mean, let, let's just get over that, okay? What we need is a quarterback that doesn't lose the game like Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins always do in the big game. They choke and they give up the big one. That's all we need, a running game, good offensive line, solid defense, and a quarterback that can make the plays when you need him to make the plays. All right, Scott, good call. Now, so that Max sort of did that better at the end of the year. Uh, less turnovers, held onto the football. You know, they were aggressive early, maybe not all his fault. But what is the doomsday scenario is they bring Mac back, and Bill is putting Zappy in on a Monday night game against whoever. They're, they're in Germany, and Zappy comes in in the second quarter after Mac throws a pick. You've just crumbled a whole other year, and Mac's value goes sinking you know, way beyond that. Is it possible that Robert Kraft is doing what Sam Kennedy was trying to do, which is be publicly effusive in his praise of a guy that is ticked off at the organization? That he's going out of his way to go on national TV with Neil Cavuto, not like, I don't know, Max family's probably Fox family. And so, you know, they're watching this and they're seeing that the, the most important person in the franchise is in love with him and thinks he's a great player. It wouldn't be a bad strategy from Kraft, really. I right. mean, it, it might piss Bill off, I guess. But in I mean, hindsight, what do you think Kraft's reaction was then on Monday night? Well, right. But see, Kraft probably feels like Mac needs this, right? I mean, don't you feel. No, but I'm just he, even, Do you think that could have been the beginning of this sort of uh, chasm between yeah, totally, the two? Absolutely. All right, 617 779 7937. We will get into the Bruins trade this week, but also, is there a trade for Jalen Ramsey that's possible? Ooh. Would you consider this? If you're the Patriots. Fascinating. And I think it's going to be fascinating to see how Bill spends his assets this offseason. If he's supportive of the defense to help a couple people in his family or the offense to help Mac Jones. Oh, so he goes free agent spending spree on the D? Mm, Could be interesting. Okay, we'll discuss next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 